Uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, my name is Pastor Brian Stark. I'm the pastor of community and outreach here at South Hills, and this is my beautiful bride of over 29 years, Melanie. Hello. And uh, we're going to be sharing together this morning, but before we get into that, um, I did just want to highlight, we have the privilege of leading a team, a pastor of community outreach, and so short-term missions is part of what we do. A lot of people think we're not doing much with missions right now because of uh, COVID and the borders closed around the world. So we started looking around for things uh, closer to home. And uh, we're partnering with First Baptist Church, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Lake Charles was struck by two hurricanes last year. And we have a team of eight, Melanie and I will be leading in a couple of weeks, to go down to Louisiana and help out there and to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that place and with that church. Uh, So if uh, you'd like to partner with us, with the eight people going, you can give online on the app. On the kiosks out back, there is a designation for Louisiana Mission Team, uh, or you can make a check out and leave it in the boxes at the back. Um, love for you to give over and above your regular tithe to bless the team, but more importantly, bless the people there. So the funds that you give uh, will go towards helping the team get there, as well as buying supplies to help the people down there. And we invite you to be a part of that, and you'll hear more about it in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, but... Uh, Today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers and ladies out there. But um, Melanie and I fully realize that um, for many mothers, it's a struggle. And uh, we're one of those families. Mel will share a little bit about that in a little bit. But uh, came across this uh, little adaptation uh, earlier this week. "'Twas the night before Mother's Day, second Sunday in May, TV and radio remind of the day." Rose bouquets, gift cards, and visits galore were shown family perfection, happy kids at the door. But that's not the reality estranged mothers see, since our rejection, we may not even know who to be. In church, should we stand up as all mothers do, or sit there embarrassed, we might cry, boo-hoo. Should we buy our own presents, pretend we're not sad, stay home with the curtains drawn, it won't be so bad. We could throw a big party, greet the day with a cheer, or turn off our cell phones, avoid calls we may fear. Will that child we birthed so long ago phone, or will the adult we don't know send a message we'll bemoan? We know from experience it's just words on a screen. Amid all the silence, it may seem just plain mean. On this day and always, treat yourself well. Let sadness go. Enjoy others who love you and do let you know. Make a card for your own mom and give her a hug. Thank a motherly figure. Sorry. (sighs) Not sure what my computer just did. Thank a motherly figure at her heartstrings pull. A day honors mothers for the gift they once gave, for the diapers and sleep loss, for the life's way they paved. Honor your own self on this day and all. Do whatever feels best and then heed the call. Good woman, you're worthy. Get up and have fun. There's life to be lived. You're nowhere near done. Get out and smile. Find people. Find purpose. And joy will abound. It's beyond the next corner. Do look around. Tomorrow the sun rises. Moon and stars too. There's hope and there's healing. What will you do? The world is an oyster, but it's a shell you must crack. Search for the pearl. 
Tell the world you're back. Amen is right. I uh, came across that poem a couple of years ago and really resonated with you, with it. Um, I'm not sure where you guys are at. I don't know the story of your life. Some of you have shared some of your journey with me. I'm just going to be real for the moment and say Mother's Day for me for the last seven years has been really difficult. Um, in fact, I think year six and five ago, I was wearing black, um, but I did show up to church. And then about five years ago, I just stopped coming to church on Mother's Day. It was too painful. It was, uh, it was something that I had longed for. I, we got married, and I purposed to build a family that was honoring to the Lord. I uh, raised children to, to love the Lord and to build their lives on Scripture. And uh, I, I thought I had this, this perfect image of what my life was going to look like and be like. And then it changed. And by choices that were not my choices, uh, choices of my children, Mother's Day became a very painful experience. So I'm not sure where you're at today, but I invite you in. If you're a mom who gets to celebrate with your kids the milestones, the precious gifts, the, the bacon and eggs that get brought to you in bed, I celebrate that with you. If you're a mom who's here today and you've showed up but you don't have the happy smile because circumstances in your life have said, this is a hard day. I want to honor you. Thanks for coming. If you're with us online, I see you, even though I can't see you, and thanks for showing up. Um, I, I kind of likened motherhood as like if you're sitting around a warm campfire. You know, if you're sitting there at nighttime, it brings warmth. You put your hands to it. There's warm, fuzzy feelings. But that same warm campfire, if you touch it or it sparks out, it can burn. I think that sometimes mothers, motherhood can feel like that, where it's warm and it's uh, precious and the memories and the milestones that you're building with your kids, but then sometimes it can burn really deeply. And I know for us, the story we now live isn't, as Mel mentioned, the story we would have envisioned for our lives. Um, we would have written a different story. It would be in a different chapter right now. Uh, I don't think this chapter would have been written in the story at all. Probably right. Uh, the reality for us is uh, Mel lost her mom when Melanie was a senior in high school at age eight, 17. 17. 17, her mom died after a 12-year battle with cancer. Um, she's missed being able to celebrate Mother's Day with her mom. Uh-huh. Been missed being able to celebrate our wedding with her mom. Missed birth of our, what would have been her mom's grandkids. Um, so Mother's Day has that tinge. Uh, my mom is still alive, but as some of you know, uh, this bright, smart, energetic woman uh, is now Alzheimer's is wreaking havoc on her mind, and she's not the same woman that I grew up with. And uh, we have now have mom and dad living with us in our home uh, to, to care for her. Uh, we've got three children, two of the womb and one of the heart, uh, over the years, uh, two of them, unbeknownst to us, uh, were abused. Uh, that brings its own pain and heartache. You know, how could we have not known? What could we have done different? Uh, watching them deal with that abuse now that they're older. Uh, two of them delved deep into anorexia for a season. And uh, two years ago, two of them stopped talking to us. And we haven't had any contact with them uh, in two years. So... It's not the story we would have written. It's not what we would have envisioned. And this 
story for us has been a painful one, and we recognize for many mothers today, many women today, it hurts as well. And again, we want to acknowledge that and let you know that we see you and we hear you. So I just want to say Mother's Day can hurt for the single lady who has longed to have a family. In fact, I just had a a gal that I've been walking with over the years reach out to me and say, my mom died when I was a teenager. She uh, aborted her baby at 18. Now at 32, she desired to be married. She expected that she would have a family by now. And her foster mother lives in a different country. Today's a hard day for her. If this is your story, I want to say I see you Mm. and I hear you. It hurts for couples who've longed to have a baby of their own. They've been through fertility treatments. They've been through the ringer. They've tried. They've tried. What seems so natural and should come so natural for so many people has been a struggle for them, and they don't even want to show up on Mother's Day because that's what they've longed for, and for some reason God hasn't allowed them to have that. We hear you. We see you. Maybe today you are somebody who has been working through adoption and you are wanting and longing for a child that hasn't been produced in your life yet, but you're in the journey. While other mothers get to walk away with a flower in their hand and be celebrated on Mother's Day, you can feel overlooked and not seen. Today I want to say I see you. Thank you for what you're wanting to do, and I honor you. Today hurts for those who are foster or adoptive parents. Taking in kids who are not their own biologically, trying to teach them how to love, what family looks like, who family is, sometimes rejected. It can be hard. It can hurt. I want to thank you for opening your home to those that weren't born into your home and for taking on that challenge of helping these kids work through that trauma. We see you, we hear your hurt. Maybe today you're here and you have teenagers who are making some bad choices or young adults who've walked away from the Lord and you see the path that they're on and they just won't listen to any guidance or wise counsel. Maybe the choices that they're making actually impacts your life in significant ways. If that's your story, we see you. We get it. We want to honor you today. It hurts for the mom who's grieving the loss of a child through illness or abortion or maybe having a sick child, sleepless nights alongside a hospital bed, heartfelt prayers for healing that never happened, hoping for a Mother's Day where a child would bounce down the hallway with a homemade card and some burnt toast that's not going to happen. We see you. We hear your heart. We hear your heart. Um, In fact, maybe you're a dad who's a single dad. You've lost your partner, your wife, to a sudden illness or a divorce in the family, and you're raising children on your own. It's not an experience that you ever expected, and on Mother's Day it can feel very tough. Um, We see you. We honor you. It hurts for those of you who have a strained relationship with your mom. You've longed for that mother-daughter relationship and for some reason there's just been tension and strain and 
You spend time thinking about that last phone call, what you could have said different, how you wish it would have gone different. You just long for mom's affirmation. We see you. We hear your hurt. Maybe you're like me and you've lost your mom. Uh, Far too young, you know, to be 17 without a mom, to miss the milestones of graduation, of engagement, giving her her first grandchild. Um, I miss my mom every day. And if you're in that boat, I want to say, I see you. I hurt with you. It's been 35 years, but it doesn't change the ache of missing your mom. I want to honor you today. We want each of you to know that we hear your hurt and your pain. And while we may not know your story specifically, we can make some guesses because of our story. And while we know that none of you would have written that story for yourself, you wouldn't have envisioned that story. And the reality is your story, like ours, has become messy. But I want you to know there's hope. Because in the mess, there is a message. There's a message to receive, and there's a message to give. So no matter where your story is at today, and you might be one of the families that is doing really well right now, and one of those mothers who's really rejoicing, and we hope that this message is for you as much as it is for those who are hurting and aching and maybe weren't even sure they wanted to show up today or maybe didn't show up and they're watching online. In the mess, there is a message. And part of that message is that you are not alone. I think I'll just be honest here and vulnerable that over the last seven years, I felt like as my story was unraveling that um, I chose then to begin isolating. People wouldn't understand they saw the destruction of my family. They had some assumptions and, and made some judgment calls about us as parents or me as a mom. And um, I just began to withdraw. And it was actually super interesting last year during COVID when we were all isolating and none of you were here in the auditorium where I was given the message. I showed up and it was the first time that I, I didn't wear black and I couldn't do more than show up in shorts and a t-shirt But Pastor Jim came and gave me a hug and said, it's good to see you here today. Sometimes the message that you need to receive is that you're not alone. And by isolating, it makes you feel even more alone in the journey that that God is writing, the story that he's writing out in your life. So please don't isolate. Don't walk in my shoes. Choose to show up, whether it's with a friend or a family member. The pastors here on staff are amazing people. Um, Bring your hurt to someone and allow them to link arms with you to journey through the next chapter. Because it's interesting, we think that no one knows what we're going through, that our story is isolated, that nobody else has a mess in their life. And even just this week, how many people have mentioned to Melanie or I that, you know, their Mother's Day heartache, their Mother's Day sorrow, their mess. And all you have to do is look, you have to look any further in the scripture, right? Look at the first mother in the Bible. Her son killed her other son. Talk about messy. Yeah. Nobody wants that kind of stuff in their family story, right? Mm-mm. 
Hannah, who longed for a child, couldn't have a child. Her husband didn't get it. Am I not good enough for you? He didn't get it. His husband's other wife made fun of her. Even the priest looked at her, questioning what was going on because of her mess. How about Bathsheba? It's a messy story. An affair, pregnancy out of wedlock, baby dies. Think of Mary, another pregnancy out of wedlock. How many messy mom stories are there in Scripture? You are not alone. And as we understand that, we can resonate with Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. As I become vulnerable and open up, I realize I'm not alone. And then we can share each other's burdens and walk with each other. Maybe that's the message and the mess you need to hear this morning. Or maybe... The message in the mess you need to hear is that God sees you. You're not alone. And God, God sees you. He sees your mess. He sees your story. He knows your story isn't done yet. Talk about if someone who understood rejection. The Israelites, how many times did they walk away from him? How many times do you and I walk away from him? Out of God's great love for you, he sent his very son to you, to this earth. And he had to watch as his son was rejected, abused, beaten, spat upon. He had to watch as his son hung on a cross and died. As all the sins of the world came upon him, even God the Father had to turn his back for a moment. He knows the pain of loss and separation of his children. And he endured that pain and that loss out of love for you. Because he wants to forgive. Because he wants to heal. Because he wants to give hope and joy in the middle of the mess. God sees you. He knows that you're going to be okay. See, he can see the end of the story that we can't. And he promises that he will be there for us. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. If you're brokenhearted this morning, the advantage you have is that the Lord is close to you. Jesus told us in Matthew, blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. It doesn't say blessed are those that mourn because their mourning will be taken away, because their problems will be solved, because everything will be made right. He said blessed are those that mourn because they will be comforted. God doesn't promise to take our bad situation away. He doesn't promise to take all our problems away, but he promises to give us strength in the midst of them, peace in the midst of it hope in the midst of it. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father. I'm so grateful for his mercy. The source 
of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles, not some of our trials or troubles, not the easy troubles. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. I know that for us, oftentimes, in the middle of our heartache and our sorrow, the midst of our pain, we would call out, we'd pray to God, and we'd pour out our hearts, and it felt like our prayers were hitting a glass ceiling. Like God didn't hear. He wasn't answering. But could it be that God's silence wasn't evidence of his absence, but it was evidence of his Desire to listen as we poured out our hearts to him. He wants us to come to him with our pain and our heartache. And just because you haven't gotten an answer doesn't mean he's not listening. It might mean we have more heartache we need to pour out. How much of the scripture is laments? How many of the psalms are heartache? Continue to pour out your heart to God. Because he sees you. And he also wants to know, wants you to know, that you're valuable. I think sometimes if you're walking through a hard place, there's a mess that's going on around you, you feel like you're not valued. Or that what you have to present is not of worth. And let me tell you, from my experience, there's great value in your story. There's great power in your message that you can proclaim through the mess of your life. In fact, I learned this as I, uh, I, I, we got to the point where we were the first phone call in some people's lives of children who are walking away from the Lord or making bad choices. And uh, Brian and I started feeling very valuable, like, wow, this mess that has been presented to us that we're waffling our way through Now we get to be part of somebody else's life and story. And that was pretty amazing. Like, it was very humbling and honoring to us. And I I felt the value of, like, okay, God, this isn't the story that I would have written. This is not a chapter that I would ever have penned into my book. However, um, you're doing this. And if I get to be somebody else's um, testimony in the middle of their mess, then praise God. But I also heard some things along the way of unintentional hard um, sentences that people might accidentally say or not realize the impact. So let me just encourage you that if you're watching somebody walk through a hard place, be mindful of the words that you use around them. If you're looking at your situation and you're realizing, wow, this isn't really what I expected our story to be, I just hope that we'll never become Brian and Melanie. Um, That was pretty painful hearing that. And yet, as I got to sit and pray and cry with another mom as they were walking through a journey, uh, they didn't realize what they were saying. Again, sometimes these messes that you're presented are not stories that you would write. This wasn't a story that we had ever envisioned our family to look like. But it is a story that God's allowing us to be on. So if you're watching somebody's mess, come alongside them. Tell them that they're valuable, that irregardless of what is going on in their home or their situation, that they still are seen by the God of heaven and earth and that they have a story that he's writing out in their life. 
Philippians 1.4 says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. In the middle of your mess, God is still doing the work. Yes. In the middle of the mess of your kids, God's not done with them yet. He's going to continue to perfect it. It's just a chapter. It's just a chapter because your story isn't over yet. Your story's not done. In the middle of the darkest night, it feels like the night is never going to end. It feels like this is going to go on forever. But God is still on the throne. Mm -hmm. And this is one chapter in a much bigger story. It's not the end of your story. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Remember Bathsheba? Her dark night? Her next son was King Solomon. And she's listed, Bathsheba's listed in the genealogy of Jesus, the family line of our Savior. I give Jacob how he must have thought the story was over. His son Joseph is gone. His mother is gone. What the story's end, it's bleak, it's dark. But the story wasn't over yet. Matter of fact, the best part of the story was still yet to come with Joseph. He just couldn't see it. The desert drives our roots so much deeper. As we tie into Jesus, as we come closer to him, as we receive the comfort that he's given us, as Melanie said, we now have the opportunity to comfort others. That passage in 2 Corinthians. Jesus gives us comfort, and then we are able to comfort others with the same comfort. So maybe for you, the, in your mess, the message is to share with others. You have a message now to share with others, a message to share. So lean into God. Get closer to him. Get into his word and develop a battle plan. That was so key for us, is developing a battle plan. Yeah, it really was. Um, It was actually back when we were living in Australia and both of the girls were in the the thick of anorexia, that I was really challenged one day um, from 2 Chronicles 20. And the story is of King Jehoshaphat. If you kind of remember this story, there was three armies that were descending upon them. And uh, King Jehoshaphat all of a sudden was like, oh my goodness, what is, what is, ah, you know, we're about to be destroyed. And so in his fear and his confusion in his um, I'm sure even frustration of, oh, no, Lord, not again, another, another enemy. He, he actually did a great thing. He chose to call Jerusalem together, and he said, we've got to pray, you guys. We've got to get down on our knees. We need to fast, and we need to pray, and we need to seek the Lord's um, face on what to do. And what was so cool about this story is that it was somebody else who spoke up and said, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord Almighty says. This is what you need to do. Here's your battle plan. And King Jehoshaphat totally walked forward in that. And the end of the story is not only did God destroy these three armies that were going to destroy Jerusalem, 
but there was so much plunder that it took them three days to travel back and forth carrying all the goods from what had happened. And, and I really felt like at that time that God really told me, this is your battle plan. For your girls every day, day in and day out, don't be afraid of the enemy that's knocking at your door. Don't shrink back in fear of your own, of what did I do, how did we land here? But gather a Jerusalem around you. And from that time on, Brian and I have purposed, um, there's Australia, New Zealand, and folks here in the United States, a very tight-knit, very quiet group of people that we call our Jerusalem. And every step of our journey, we've called on Jerusalem to say, guys, we need prayer. We are in desperate prayer because the enemy is descending upon us or our kids once again. And um, I would encourage you, Life Group is an amazing way to develop a battle plan. Get yourself rooted with a community of people who are going to pray with you, who are going to link arms and say, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. This is only a chapter. This is not the end of the story. And then Find something in scripture when when the Holy Spirit says, that's it, that's the thing, then make sure you document it. For me, because I'm ADD and I'm tactile, I have to write it out. It's on my prayer closet, which is our bathroom, but it's on the walls of our bathroom. I have scripture after scripture after scripture so that when the enemy comes knocking and he tells me that the destruction is going to happen, I can go, no, this is what the Lord Almighty says. The enemy wants you to isolate. Mm -hmm. Because when you isolate, when you withdraw, you're prime target for him. I mean, you've all seen the nature documentaries, right? <laughs> What's the pack do? They isolate one from the herd and they attack it. They do. Satan does the same thing. And that's why a battle plan where we tie in to our Jerusalem, we invite people in, and we overcome that fear that Mel talked about because I don't have to be vulnerable. What if their life isn't messy like mine is? I can almost guarantee there's mess in their life. Or they're about to go into a season Mm, of mess. Could be. So we need to open ourselves up, invite people in. And part of that battle plan is they were to head out the next day. And they started marching to the battlefield. Three armies, overwhelming odds. King Jehoshaphat stopped them on the way up there. And they stopped and they prayed. And then they started to praise. Mm -hmm. They started to sing. The battle hadn't even started yet. The odds were still overwhelming, and they started to sing. They started to declare God's glory, God's goodness, God's faithfulness. Maybe they reflected back on those monuments that we heard about last week, remembering God was faithful in the past. I know he'll be faithful in the future. We, got, we have our own monuments in our house. We have a bunch of rocks sitting around our house, literally rocks that are from different places, different seasons, different promises that we've claimed. And when we entered the battle with anorexia and we've entered the battle of um, kids walking away from the Lord, we've entered the battle, whatever the battle is, music has become so important to us. We start praising God. And what's interesting if you read 2 Chronicles 20 is the moment they started singing, the armies turned on each other. Not before. No, the moment they stepped forward in praise, God fought the battle and brought the victory. I love a passage in Habakkuk. 
Habakkuk is kind of bleak times. It's uh, the people of Israel in captivity, going into captivity. Uh, things aren't very good uh, in Habakkuk's day. But in Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning verse 17, this is what he writes. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Even though my kids will not talk to me, even though my mom's passed away, even though I can't have children, or God hasn't provided a spouse, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Habakkuk didn't write this on vacation. No pinata, pina colada, pina colada in, the in hand. his hand on the beach, watching the waves and the tiki drums. No. He wrote this from the darkness and the heartache, mm-hmm. from the endless night before the story was finished. And even in the middle of it, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. We have come back to the sovereign Lord multiple times. Mm-hmm. When a girls were in anorexia, God gave us 2 Chronicles 20. When our son walked away from the Lord, walked away from us, he gave us a passage in Ezekiel. That passage in Ezekiel talks about how it's a prophecy over God's people. It says how God's going to call them back from the lands to which they were scattered. They're going to come home. And once they come home, they're going to be sprinkled with clean water. He's going to replace their heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Not for Israel's sake, but for God's glory. God's given us a promise over our prodigals. That he's going to bring them home. He's going to replace their heart of stone with a heart of flesh. He's going to sprinkle them with clean water. Not for their sake, but because there are people around the world who know our story and are watching. And he's going to receive glory for it. And we hold to that promise and we go out singing. I'm not a big visions guy. Mel talked about the plunder. It took him three days to collect the spoils. Christina was... One of ours in anorexia. Last Sunday at her church in Oklahoma, she preached up a storm. And we collected the plunder. Before we left New Zealand, she was on the platform teaching, and God gave me a very clear vision. I'm not a big visions guy, but God gave me a very clear vision of her and her brother on the platform. Proclaiming the gospel together. And we go out singing because the story isn't over yet. Whatever your mess is, God sees you. You're not alone. You are valuable. Your story isn't over yet. And in the mess, there is a message for you. We have just a couple of thoughts as we wrap up. Some challenges, maybe. 
If today you're one of those moms or dads who you find yourself in the middle of a message that God is writing, and you're resonating with maybe this message in a brand new way, um, we want you to know that you're valued and you're important. And there are people that God surrounded you with who need to hear your story. So find something that is uh, desirable. I, I get my own flowers. Honestly, sunflowers are my favorite flowers. I buy my own flowers for Mother's Day these days because this is what makes me happy. Or maybe grab some friends and go to lunch together to your favorite restaurant. Say, hey, I'm a sushi girl. Let's go out for sushi. Or maybe if you own a home, plant a tree so that you have something to look forward to year after year on Mother's Day, watching it grow and blossom. If maybe you're not resonating with the story because you are in a moment of living some very cool monumental moments with your kids, look around you. See if there's women or men in your life that you can see are struggling that this day is producing maybe not positive feelings for, and send them a text, send them a card. I had a teenager walk over and give me a flower after first service and said, thanks for being a mom, happy Mother's Day. I had never met this girl before, but maybe take the prompting of the Holy Spirit and minister to somebody else's mess and see, say to them that they are seen and valued. Grief and joy can hold hands on Mother's Day. So if you're hurting, get into God's Word. Find a promise. Write it out. Post it somewhere where you can see it. Continue forward in the battle, rejoicing. Share your pain and your hurt with somebody. Invite them into your journey. Find your Jerusalem. And if you've never received Christ into your life, know that he knows your pain more deeply and intimately than anybody else could. Surrender your life to him. During our closing worship time, a little bit later, Rod's going to invite you to come and pray. Mel and I are going to be right down here. We've got a tissue box if you need it. (laughs) We need it. (laughs) We need it, obviously. We'd love to pray with you. We want to rejoice with you if you're in a place of rejoicing. If this is a difficult day for you, we want to pray with you and for you and let you know that God sees you, you're not alone, and you're valuable, and your story's not over. And that while it might be messy, there is a message. I'm also going to add in, if you're online watching us, or you watched it sometime this week, and this is ministered to you, would you please reach out to Brian or I? Because we want you to know that you're seen, even if you're at home right now. I just want to pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day, actually, to be able to honor the women who are in our lives, like Pastor Jim said, whether it's our moms who might be still with us, or our mothers-in-law, the ladies of our life who are raising our children, um, adoptive moms or foster moms, or or really just uh, ladies who have never had the opportunity to have any children in their life, but they are loving on others as an auntie. Um, God, I pray that that each one of these people would be seen today and uh, touched by your Holy Spirit in a profound um, way that brings promise into their life. Thank you for the 
joy of new spring opportunities and flowers and warmth in the air. And uh, we just praise you for being a good God. Thank you for being in the middle of our mess and that you are creating messages in our lives. In Jesus' name.